Welcome to Driving Forces with Bob Flavin and Mark Nobby Noble. Hello and welcome. Is that your radio voice, Mark? <laughs> I've nearly forgotten how to do my radio voice at this stage. It's, it's been, gone um, out of your mind. It's disappeared. It's only been, only been four weeks since I was on the radio. Yeah, your wife likes, my, likes your voice. No, my wife likes your voice. I was going to say. Does she? Yeah, she does, yeah. Okay, because my likes yours. Really? So that's that's a weird. That's a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was trying to, uh, you know, because a lot of the time people don't see people in podcasts on radios and things. And I was trying to get her to describe what she thought, you know, you look like. Oh, don't tell her. Don't ruin it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say a word. I went to meet. Let's see what happens. As a, as a wise man on radio used to say, uh, he said to me, when you meet someone and they've listened to you and they see you for the first time, you say, it's the right voice coming out of the wrong head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's so exactly true. It. It's like, the worst part I, though is I'm in video so long on TikToks and things. Everybody talks as if they know me. Like they just walk up, well, what's crack? What do you think of them Ford Focus? And just start talking like you were talking last week and you go, Do I know you? I met a guy the other day when I was trying to charge a car before I dropped it back on Monday and he just came up to me, Oh, is that the car you're in this week? And I was like, What? And I think his name is Peter. And he was in a Renault again, uh E Tech which is what I'm driving this week. And um, he's that's his car. And he looked at all kinds of different cars and he loves it. That's one of my favorite electric cars in the market today, by far. I thought that the other day, though, when you were giving me a lift. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll cover all that in a second, but uh, yes. welcome on to Driving Forces. Thank you for the support so far. This is episode two. Uh, Bob Flavin and myself decided after many, many months of, come on, we'll do a podcast. Come on, come on, we'll do it. Come on, come on, Nobby, come on. That's that's my impersonation of you. That's what I kept doing to you. Exactly in that voice as well. Man. <laughs> Man. So here we are. Um, I actually think maybe at some point today we should tell the story about the time we went on a trip together and we ordered a really expensive <laughs> rum. <laughs> but we'll have to remove names a, and brands. It's a whole story attached. There's a whole skulky story attached. <laughs> 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 what happens when you bring two car journalists who are not used to it <laughs> go away as our ordering things yeah free bar was not what we expected it to be so stay listening to find out what happens with that but yes. uh, let's uh, let's do the usual uh, start off the podcast this week so you are driving what I am in the Toyota Corolla Cross so not quite a Corolla I don't know why they called it a Corolla it doesn't even look like a Corolla when you drop into the carpenter they was going that's what I'm picking looks totally different uh so it's not quite a crawl but it is a hybrid two liter petrol hybrid and uh it's actually slowly become one of my more favorite hybrids in case you're wondering i i basically show for bob around on monday to wherever he's picking up a car from does he went to mcdonald's and early <laughs> he wandered <laughs> off the bleating track there to somewhere else yeah so the thing is just to give you an idea when you're reviewing a car you on mondays usually pick up another car or you might pick one up later on during the week. But on Mondays in particular, uh, you might have a situation where the person who had the car before you drops it back. It has to get charged. It has to get refueled. It might have to be checked. It has to be washed. And that means sometimes your car is not ready until after lunchtime, which means a lot of hanging around for people. So you might be sitting at McDonald's. You might be using their free Wi-Fi, drinking lots of coffee. And the glamour of it all um, is sometimes a bit drawn out. Yeah. It can be long. It can be a long time on one day, especially if the car is back late, and maybe if it's battery powered as well, it's in charging, and you're trying to get extra charge in hours there, you know. But then there's considerate people like me who'll always try and charge the car before I drop it back, and I've I found this. I can't even say where it is. Message me on social media if you want to know. I found a secret charger somewhere in Dublin 
<laughs> not far from the M50 and it's 150 kilowatts. So it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I know. I see. That always barks me when you pull up to a fast charger and it's listed as 150 kilowatts in the app, you know, and you plug in and you get 50 or 60 at best. Drives me nuts. Amen, brother. Amen. So how are you getting on with the Crawler Cross? Crawler Cross has been pretty good. It's a little bit on the thirsty side because I think it's a, it's pretty heavy, but uh, it's a bit small in the back seat. You know, it's it is not as big inside as it looks outside. It looks like a big SUV. I hate to use the word SUV because we've had this argument before. An SUV is more of a land cruiser to me, you know, or a great big off-road car like a, I don't know, Range Rover Vogue or something. They're, they're all SUVs. The Corolla Cross and a Qashqai and a Hyundai Tucson, they're not SUVs. They're lifestyle cars. They're like crossover cars. Crossovers, yes. Yeah. I, I, I agree. An SUV. I'd probably allow something like a Kia Sorento, maybe, to be called yeah. an SUV. An, X, an X5 is an SUV. If it has four-wheel drive, then it's probably more akin to an SUV than, than what we're talking about here, which is the Corolla Cross. It's only two-wheel drive, front-wheel drive at that as well. So they're, they're fairly standard. They're not going to help you get across a big mountaintop or something. It's not going to be like that. And road tires and standard seats and stuff in them as well, you know. So they're not really SUVs, the ones that people are blaming and looking at. But the Corolla Cross kind of hides its SUV look. It's not a great big tall thing. It looks like an estate car with some plastic outside. A bit like an Audi. Remember the Audi A6 all-road? A bit like that. Yeah, it has the plastic over the, the wheels. The yeah, arches. I think the all-road might have started that trend, actually, with the plastic fairings around the edge of the car, sort of like bumpers. Is that what they're called? Yeah, I, I think they call it, I think they originally called them, I don't know what they call them now, but plastic fairings, what, what it would have been referred to originally, yeah. Plastic uh, fairies or fairies? Fairings. Fairings, fairings not fairies. No, not fairies. <laughs> <laughs> plastic fairies. Can I have plastic now, fairies on the outside of your car, please? Sure, it's an option extra. <laughs> so Do you want fairy I, dust on top? <laughs> I drove this crawl across a few weeks ago, and a couple of things. So it's a two litre uh, hybrid. There is a 1.8 as well, but they're not, well, it's not here yet. No. Uh, and it starts from late 30s and goes right up to mid 40s for the Sol version. Yeah, Sol, Sol the... only gets you a glass roof, really, and wireless charging, and I think heated seats or something. It's not, you don't get a, a ton of stuff to go up to the full Sol. The Sport one is the one I'm in now. The glass roof, though, and I think I might agree with me on this one, it does make the back seats a bit dark when the glass roof isn't there. Like, it's a, it's a dull interior. Toyota are devils for black interiors. Yeah, the back of are, a CHR, yeah. you need night vision to be working around in the back of it. <laughs> Don't drop that in the footwell. You'll never find it you'll again. Never find it. Just God. disappears. Just disappears. My kids um, couldn't. When I when we had that, when it first came out, and the C- it's a good looking car, but as soon as the kids get in the back, they could see nothing but door. Like, just it's so high. <laughs> the door just goes all the way up. There's very little glass in the back of a CHR. It's now, we have improved that in the Corolla Cross. The, the, yes. the light in the back is, is a lot better. The, the plastic in the door doesn't go up as far yeah there's a much more standard uh interior finish to it but it, it's it's a lovely car it's just it's quite dark and dull on the inside since so i was in just to remark on another car that i was in today because i was up with the dundee boys today uh we we weirdly had a weird morning because connor shannon turned up in wicklow just scoping out something which would have made of his and he got out we had a chat with him as well who's connor he shannon, he's drift game so he does uh he does inter- he'd be one of the most famous international uh drift drivers in the world right um like he, in drift circles he would be swamped with fans if you got out in the, in the middle of an area but uh, in a day-to-day life you wouldn't if you're not following drift you wouldn't know who shannon family are uh, but he just turned up today out of nowhere driving around. But while we were there, Dundee brought Aura Funky Cat, 
which has a, a like glitter interior <laughs> is the difference between it and and uh, the Corolla. It's totally different car, but it just there's a remarkable difference in color and brightness and liveliness inside the Aura Funky Cat versus the Toyota. That's a car that is starting from early 30s and it's yeah. going up to 40,000 for the longer range better spec I actually have a little kind of a first look review of that on my channel I think I think you were busy when that I was I couldn't be there that day I was away that day but I do have it booked in for a full test at a couple of weeks time so she was like but I was just sitting in it today remarkable little car for what you get Chinese are going to invade the car industry in Europe they're there they're already there I don't know if the Europeans will ever keep up what the Chinese are doing right now so you have BYD who just launched uh, recently enough uh, in Ireland and announced one and they'll be imported by MDL uh, who are, well, first of all, will distribute Mercedes-Benz. Yes. Are, are they, they're just Mercedes now, aren't they? Are they they were, to... yeah. MD, uh, Motor Distributors Limited would have been nearly everything. They would have even assembly plant. So uh, where MDL is now, you would have had Volkswagens assembled. Mercedes assembled, Toyota, Datsun, Nissan, when it became Nissan after Datsun. All those cars all came out of that area where Mercedes-Benz is on Nace Road now. But now they just distribute uh, Mercedes. They used to actually have, weirdly, MDL used to have the uh, all of the right-hand drive market for Mercedes. So you couldn't sell a Mercedes in England without it coming through Ireland first. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that was like serious that was money. Ahead of Brexit time. Oh, way so, ahead, yeah. BYD coming to Ireland is going to create 150 jobs. Um, that was announced when they gave us the news about this. So they'll have um, the light commercial vehicles, electric passenger cars, and the Atto is the three C-segment SUV model. There's that SUV word again. Yeah. Um, BYD is an old company. So yeah. I know I know Europeans probably haven't heard of Dong Feng or Xpeng or BYD or Aura or any of those, but they're actually around years. A lot of them are around. They're just making electric cars now, so they're able to export them to Europe. So I'd imagine people listening now, perhaps, Bob, and maybe you can answer this question. I'm going to play the role now for a second of someone who's thinking about maybe changing the car, wondering should this year be the year, wondering should they go electric. And then the further complicated, they're saying, should I hang on to see what else comes from China? Because these cars seem to be a little bit cheaper than the the brands we're familiar with, the Skodas, the, the Coopers, the Volkswagen ID3s, and they generally come better spec. Would you hang on and see what happens? At the moment, I would hang on because I, I think, see, the Chinese invade by economy. So they did it with the phone industry. So in Ireland, we would have had Apple, maybe Samsung, maybe two or three other brands like Nokia and stuff that were there. They're all driven out. All they're left now is Apple. Samsung and Apple are basically in the same uh, category to make all the same head hardware but then you've got things like huawei and all these other chinese brands they flood the market till they make it like you just become commonplace it becomes normal you don't have to say the word aura or byd or whatever it is you want to say xpeng or any uh, and then suddenly they're all over the market and they're, they're making money and usually the first generation will be where they're doing their absolute utmost like that aura cat funky cat thing goes with a five-year unlimited warranty on it so they really are throwing everything at this car to make it sell so over the next couple of years they're going to do exactly the same thing to just drive the market on to become more uh, Chinese market centric that's what's going to happen and unless the Europeans really sit up and pay attention to this they're going to get left dead in the water and when it comes to tech obviously that part of the world are always a few years ahead so I don't think cars are going to be any different um, also if you're thinking about something like the Funky Cat when I was at the launch a few weeks ago the guy said they plan on having 800 cars delivered to Ireland this year wow. so 
That's a lot now, for Ireland. <laughs> now, the only thing is, if that, that is a lot of cars, and Hyundai Ionic 5 is another car that, if you hear any ads on the radio about Hyundai at the moment, it's it's all about, you know, immediate delivery. The question is, though, when, if you have, if you compare the Ionic 5 and the Kia EV6, which are two identical cars, really, same company, all that stuff, it's very difficult to get an EV6, whereas mm. you'll probably get an Ionic 5 a lot easier. But in three years' time, when those cars are traded in, if there's a lot more Ionic 5s than EV6s, and you're the one trying to get a good cost of change on your next car, the less availability on a model gives you stronger values when you're trying to sell your car. Yeah, So. yeah. Uh, similarly, I wonder if there's, you know, 800 funky cats this year in three years time when they're traded in, you know, how does that drive down the value of a funky cat? Yeah, it's a second. It's a, it happened to Tesla as well. The same, the second hand market was a bit of an issue for them because to buy a Tesla, to buy it straight, you're not going to trade in an Audi diesel to Tesla. They don't want it. So, so mm. But now people are trading back into Teslas on the Teslas, which is grand. But a lot of people are trading to Tesla because they, they don't want the same brand again. So they're trading Tesla on to Audi again. So um, their cars are coming up in the secondhand market and that's driving the cost of their cars. They have to be very careful how to sell the new cars because you drive down the price of your used cars. Uh, it's, a, it's a tricky... I think it's a very tricky position for any car companies to be in, but the Chinese have so much money to put behind this and make it work that they will just fire money at until it happens. And that's kind of what Hyundai has done. Hyundai found itself four or five years ago with a shed load of cash because Hyundai make JCB type tractor things. They make uh, air conditioning units. They make tons of other products besides cars. So they pooled all their money together, invested it all in electric, and they got a head start. Hyundai and Kia both came out very, very strong to begin the electric stuff. And they're still selling very, very strong product. Um, but they've got to do it again, and it's it's nearly time to refresh all of them. And we've already seen what the next generation looks like. And I passed a truckload of my Hyundai Ionic sixes last week. They're going to launch, I think, in April uh, in Ireland, um, possibly even ahead of the UK. I'm not. I'm, some people are put putting photographs of Ionic sixes and being surprised that they were they were here. I'm um, surprised they're here because we only seem to see pictures of them not so long ago. It was, you know, it's only seems to be a, a sort of a concept thing we're looking at, and then suddenly the car is here already. So they're they're driving out the product very quickly because they know that Volkswagen and generally European companies, besides Renault, Renault seems to be doing very healthy work, uh, but everyone else is in a sort of flux as one company has bought the other company and they're all trying to get into bed together and Volkswagen's working with Ford and all these different things that are going on. And in the background, Hyundai has enough money to be able to make just their own products and Kia's products and just push them out. It's almost like some of these brands had a chat at the Christmas party and said, hey, do you want to go off with Ford over there? And <laughs> it is, yeah. I know, I know we didn't normally talk till now, um, but I think uh, the Ionic 6 is, having seen it now in the flesh, so to speak, on a transporter, the Volkswagen ID7 is very, very similar, even in body style and everything. Now, at the end of, I think it's the end of this month, I'm going to Malaga to drive the ID7 but it's still not fully ready. So we were told the dashboard and stuff probably will be covered up in some sort of black cloth or whatever. Mm. But I think that's a, a direct competitor for the Ionic, Ionic 6. That shape of car, that size of car, probably similarly priced. Um, I know the battery that they were talking about for the ID7 was going to be all, somewhere just below perhaps 100 kilowatt hours, which is a substantially sized battery. That's but a big with, battery. Yeah. With a substantial price as well, no doubt. 
Yeah, well, that's uh, there's the issue for everybody. You know, people are you're hiding all the prices in the PCP at the moment. You know, you pay two hundred quid a month or three hundred quid a month for your PCP, but you don't really realize just how much money you're pushing into that car and how little you're going to get back out of it because you know it's not like it's a depreciating asset. I know we're in a in a weird market at the moment, but you know how much it's going to be worth to you when you're getting out of it. Most people don't pay attention, so the price of the car is going to be a big thing. A hundred kilowatt hour battery is absolutely enormous and possibly a sort of waste of efficiency if you think about what you could do with two fifty kilowatt hour batteries. You know, a lot of car companies are getting away with forty eight kilowatt usable in cars these days and able to make it work perfectly well. So, using more batteries to achieve less is just kind of annoying because it gets heavier. I totally agree with you. And give me a smaller battery that's more efficient because even that uh, Mustang Mach-E that I was in last week, as, as much as that had a large battery, it wasn't the most efficient car. Like when I dropped yeah. it back on, on Monday of this week, it was a cold morning and the heated seats were on and the car was trying to heat up as well. And at one point the car was doing 70 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers. <laughs> And put that in context. Anything under twenty is okay, like doing okay. Uh, ten is ten is really good, but anything over twenty five or thirty is insane. But seventy is just out of the mm. world. Forget it. But like so, that's the efficiency part. Is the other part is when you pull up to a charge point, right? Uh, and they say they can charge at one hundred and fifty, but you only then you realize they can only charge at one hundred and fifty for about seven or eight minutes, and then it starts to throttle it because it can't cope at that speed. Where some of the car companies can do. 100 kilowatt hours for 15 minutes at that you know so the the speed of charging is something that absolutely annoys the hell out of me whenever i get a, an electric car and it changes all the time between so many cars so it's yeah. kind of confusing um car i'm driving this week is the Renault megan um e-tech it is e-tech isn't it what it's called it is e-tech um, megan yeah but i just call it a, a megan i know it's e-tech megan. it is just a megan because it's now there isn't another megan it's going to be this megan that's it an issue I have with it is the button on the boot is just this little tiny square that's down and it's at the filthy. Yeah, yeah, it gets very dirty. It's very dirty. It's right, it's filthy. It's right there when you touch it. Yeah. That's a negative point. The positive point is, and this is brilliant. It has a twenty-two kilowatt onboard charger. So let me kind of try explain this to you very briefly. You've got three-phase charging which you can't get in your house, but you do get in kind of commercial and that, you know, that kind of building set up and um, industry, you know, you, you go to, that's why like the only place, if, if you had, if you were in a house that was once a B and B, you might have three phase charging and you could, you could really tap into a fast charger on the side of your house then, but not everyone owns a house that used to be a B and B. So uh, beyond that, you're, you're kind of stuck doing your seven kilowatt. doesn't matter what kind of additional charge you have on your car, but then some cars will have 11 kilowatt and they will use that 11 for the little, the small ESB charges you see in the side of a street beside the paint display spots, those kind of charges. But the Renault Megane, and the Zoe before it will do 22 kilowatt, which is the full output of those chargers. And it basically means, one, there's no overstay fee once you go under eight hours, which you're not going to do. It's the best and thing. That's the best thing. That car, I, I plugged it in uh, this morning at 60-something percent, and I came out genuinely 50 minutes later, and it was on 94%. And that is that is worth its weight in gold. You see, uh, the the best part is what Renault really do and did it very well because the Zoe was designed to only charge in 22 kilowatts. So it only has an AC onboard uh, plug. There is no CCS plug or Chatham plug on it. So that was the original one. They've, they've got them since. But um, the, the brilliant part is the car can actually sustain 22 kilowatts forever. 
Like it, it can just keep on charging at that as much as it wants to, whereas it can't at a faster charger. So when you go DC, you can only sustain the maximum charge for a short period of time. Then it throttles it down because the heat buildup is too high, but it never does it on AC. So you can you can charge for two or three hours on AC at 22 kilowatts, which is the equivalent of charging like for one and a half hours at 50 kilowatts. So it's a much better system. It's I think it's a much better system. And it's something, it's called an onboard charger. And if you're talking to your dealership about any car that you're buying, ask what the onboard charger maximum speed can do, because most of them are seven and a half kilowatts. And if they look at you like you've got 10 heads, <laughs> go to another salesperson. Go, yeah, find a salesperson who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> now, it's not a cheap car. The large battery one is 40,000 euro. So that's a lot for a Megane. It's definitely smaller than the iced version of the old McGann. It's what not, it is, room-wise inside, yeah. yeah. Although there was four of us in it, yes, uh, the other day, and um, we kind of, like, it wasn't tight. It was all right. It's roomy enough. I don't like the deep, very deep boot. I, I prefer a boot with less lip on it. I get why they've done it. They just want a big floor inside so you can put more space in it. But when you're trying to lift in your shop and you're having to lift it way over this big step, and it's quite a deep step uh, down into the boot, and there's no spare wheel. I but, put my dog into that do- I have a dog box so I put the dog box into the boot of the McGann today and the lip is so deep and the boot is so deep the dog's eyes were barely peeking out of the top so she went in the first time but when we came back from the park and I was putting her back in she wasn't she refused to go down into it because it was such a deep boot it's so it dark like, yeah it's a yeah. <laughs> where you're sending me down into a dungeon I bits the cheese trying to get her to go in and I was like no, not doing this. She actually jumped on top of the dog box under the parcel shelf and wanted to stay there. So if you regularly carry dogs, unless you just let them roam around the car, which I kind of don't. I don't want hairs everywhere. But if if you if you use a dog box, that's one thing about the Megane that um, is a little bit strange. Yeah, it's a, it's a f- strange car to say that that's the best of electric cars at the moment. There is ones that are very good, I, like a top three or four or five cars that are in there, depending on what people want from an electric car. Obviously, that would, if you're looking for performance, the Megane's not the thing to go for. If you're looking for a sort of an SUV style thing, the Megane's not the one to go for as well. So there's there's other ones you fall back on. But as a general all-round first step towards a five-door hatchback that a fella or a woman and their family can, can use as a daily family, car the Megane has pretty much ticked all the boxes for me and I did 2,000 kilometers in that car when I was driving it up and down <laughs> to where uh, the car feels running uh, when I was driving up and down to my daughter in Blackhawk Clinic so that was the that was the week of that car that was driving up and down I just charged every night and never noticed about the charging again it's a very good looking car I'm a fan so uh, well done I just don't again I don't know about availability and, and how much there will be of that um, so that's what I'm driving this week uh, I'd also like to introduce a bit on the podcast uh, Bob where um, if anyone's familiar with mean tweets I think it was was it Jimmy Kimmel started it yeah so really famous celebrities read out mean tweets about them uh, there's one with Margot Robbie that I well I probably can read out on our podcast but I'm not going to bring it to that level <laughs> I know Margot Robbie uh, so do I. So do I. Uh, but Margot Robbie read out this tweet about herself, and um, yeah, I'm I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna go there. But uh, so my proposal here this week is uh, I'm going to take at least one negative comment from my YouTube channel that people leave, and people are people can be very vicious, very vicious. You can be subtly vicious as well. Oh. <laughs> I've been called Paddy once or twice on, on YouTube. Oh, I get that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got someone mentioned. Oh, I have a few friends, Kenny, like you was one comment this morning but here's one that I got this week from Jason Green no profile picture how are you Jason um, 
<laughs> and this is on a two-year-old review of the Nissan Juke. Two oh, years ago. He was, so he was ha- judging you by your past. Oh, he's one of them. He says, I've seen several reviews of this car and... OMG, this review is just terrible, full stop. Not the car, comma, but the delivery, full stop. Terrible, full stop. Bloody hell, he used punctuation and everything. He's yep. a grown-up. <laughs> With a name like Jason Green, he is. So I sent back, hi, uh, thanks, Jason. I'm going to close down my channel based on your opinion, as you're just so right. Thank you for bringing me to my senses. <laughs> Still waiting for a response. <laughs> People have done. It's funny. You know, the internet, I generally say you should just pass on by. If you don't like something, then just scroll on to something else. Don't get involved. It's the best thing, I can, any advice I can give you. Because people stop and they go, I'm going to write this man a reply. <laughs> and that little red mist appears and they write something, they send it. They don't realize you're ever going to reply to them. And this is why I don't get nasty replies anymore. I used to spend early doors on YouTube. I used to spend so often trying to come up with the wittiest comment real low down (laughs) and when youtube started you could reply and block them right so if you imagine this they'd write something about you you'd go i hate you and i hate your mother and i hate everything else and you reply to that they'll get that as an email but they're blocked from from commenting further so you just left it with them it's a wonderful (laughs) thing they took that away though you can't do that anymore on youtube (laughs) <laughs> I also have uh, Chris Dainty I wonder is he dainty by name Dainty by nature uh, So it was under a Nissan Qashqai e-power review And my uh, kind of stance in the video was like How easy is it on petrol Because a normal Nissan Qashqai 1.3 Will do somewhere between 8 and 10 litres per 100 kilometres And I suppose the point of this hybrid engine is It'll be more fuel efficient uh, So I worked out that maybe you'll get If you're lucky Maybe 6.5 litres per 100 kilometres um, In the e-power version and Chris said, a bit of a saving, question mark. God, give me strength. Seven full stops. Oh, my God. That's, that's, one, of the, that's one of them guys now. It just leaves an open end. That's an open-ended thing. That's like a kick in the balls, that is. Like, he's just kicked you now. And he's walked away and he's waiting for your response with a dot, 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 dot. You know what I mean? Terrible. Yeah. But then we had Ozabis, and he's a nice fella from Australia. He said, just wanted to say thanks from down under. Been a fan of your videos for a while now. Keep up the great work. And I said, thanks very much, Ozabis. Mm, that's nice. That was nice. I get Australians stuff like, nice. I get things about Bjorn Island. Whenever, because I did a few of those very long range drives. So I did one mm. kind of key key and Nero uh, drive a thousand kilometers on battery power. You can't in one shot, but we did it with the charts and things. And I got a lot of this Bjorn Island. You know, Bjorn does these things where he drives for a thousand kilometers, but up yep. and down the same stretch of motorway. Like it's the most boring drives. <laughs> it's I know. terrible. God, what? You'd have to drive yourself insane just driving the, up and but down. The, the detail he puts into them is, yeah. is incredible. So Bjorn will analyze. He's got spreadsheets. He'll compare this car and, uh, you know, he'll he'll drive through the night to get the thousand kilometers and he'll work out that if I stay at this charging station for 12 and a half seconds, I'll be able to, like, fair play to him, but it wouldn't be for me. Yeah, no, wouldn't be for me either. I've always said, though, if you like electric cars, if you really enjoy the whole electric car experience, you probably like Excel, you know, the spreadsheet thing. <laughs> uh, you know, you're into, the, you like that kind of detailed stuff. I, I wouldn't be into that at all. A lot of people, you've got two kinds of, well, not more than two, but you've got at least two kinds of drivers. You've got ones that like the, 
the experience of detail and being told what your fuel efficiency is and how much you're charging, a speed of charge, all that stuff. And there's other people who just get in, push the start button, D, go, and they don't care what's fueling the thing. They just want to get wherever they're going, and that's an end of it. And uh, that's where electric cars just don't really marry up with those kind of people because you do have to think, if you want to go far enough, you do really have to think what's happening. You do. Uh, I learned that the hard way last week. You you are definitely planning ahead a bit more than if you're driving a a normal car. So yeah, yeah, mm. a lot of um, planning, but it, a lot of the comment. The comments I used to get quite regularly was, "This lad knows nothing about cars," and this would be after doing a thousand reviews, driving hundreds of cars, hundreds and hundreds of cars. Uh, and at one point, like we were driving, if you take in international trips and you're driving maybe two cars on that that are two different, maybe a petrol and diesel or an electric and a hybrid or something. If you take in all of those and all the cars you drive per year, you're probably driving anywhere upwards of 500 cars a year if you're driving um, all of the variants. If you're not, you're probably driving about 100 cars a year. And if you're, uh, you know, only a part-time, you might do one a week. <laughs> that's, that's a different story. But I was driving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars. And this comment kept coming up from a guy. And he goes, this guy knows nothing about cars. But you find out later, there's a mechanic. Every time. Oh, yeah. Right. Every, every comment. You find out later, he's a mechanic. He's talking about mechanically. I don't know what I'm talking about with cars. I go, but I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. I know nothing about cars. So much easier that way. <laughs> not in the same uh, detail anyways. As, as no, he does. I know mechanically how a car operates. I can probably fix something on the side of the road for sure, but I'm not a qualified mechanic in the way that he will be working on cars on a daily basis. But there's just, it's, I mean, you could be fa- influencers these days, fashion influencers stuff are all doing cars as well. So it's, it, the, the game has moved on a bit as to who is involved in what, how good a car is. Now, I'm looking ahead, uh, sticking with EVs, actually, some of the cars that are coming later on this year, if, if you're not someone who wants to wait for the likes of China, if you've got lots of money, uh, the Mercedes-Benz EQS SUV has just been announced as, as happening very, very soon. SUV? Yes, that'll have Another. 536 brake horsepower. <laughs> like That's who more needs- horsepower than the RS3 I had last week, which is 400 Who needs that in an EV? <laughs> like... <laughs> What are you going to do with all that horsepower? Just spin it into... You'd be constantly in a charge point using all the horsepower to go everywhere. And buying tires. Lots yeah. of tires. Uh, the, one, of the, one of the coolest, most affordable electric cars on the market since it launched the Peugeot, Peugeot, whatever you want to call it. Jesus. Uh, E208 is going to get a larger battery. So that's going to go up in terms of range by a little bit. No, oh, that's not a bad idea. Because um, I do... Um, I have a soft spot for that kind of car, that stuff that's coming. I just do, uh, I like that, what they do all the time. Every time a new one of those comes out, and I'm looking forward to things like Alfa Romeo bringing out Tonale probably this year, and they'll be bringing out some more electric stuff as well. Uh, not fully announced, but they're, they're definitely on the way. Yes, uh, and I, I I think smaller cars for EVs, like that's, that's the perfect type of EV because it doesn't have to be huge. You know? If you start to replace now the city driving, and I know that was a topic today because Eamon Ryan was on talking about um, not uh, giving free uh, travel on public transport because it would, it would start you going on journeys you didn't intend to take. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you know, a weird way of putting it. <laughs> but Eamon, what if you did take a journey you didn't in- intend to take and you found a lovely place somewhere and you sat down and had lunch there and you put money into the economy in that place? What would be yeah. the... 
That's the thing. Plus, we're talking about, when I say public transport, I'm talking about buses and trains that are on a schedule. They're going anyway. Like, it's mm. not like you're going to schedule a bus just for your unintended journey. But he's a, he's a funny, he's a strange way of putting things. Um, and that just irked me today because uh, to get cars out of the city, you need to stop people going in, needing to drive into the city. And the problem is if you live in around, if you live inside the M50, say Dublin, you can probably catch a Lewis or a Dart or a public bus of some sort. It might be slow, but it's going to be, at least it'll be there. But if you're beyond the M50, where a lot of people are living now in Kildare, in Leash, uh, in Offaly, um, Leitrim, Drogheda, all those, Wicklow even, getting to that M50 point requires a car. There isn't an alternative. There's no other way there because if you don't have no trains. I can't even disagree. Yeah, so that's, there's no point in in telling me that you have to get rid of all the cars but how do you do that because most of the people who work in Dublin don't live in Dublin anymore because they can't afford to live there and there's no hard to live in and one more just for the EVs coming later on this year if you're of a certain age chances are you learned how to drive or one of your first cars was a Fiat Punto oh yeah is there no Punto coming? yes but terms and conditions apply so it's a new super mini (laughs) it will be Punto sized but not called Punto Oh, and Punto be, was such a legend in Ireland. <laughs> oh, Punto Sporting Bud. And also, there was a 1.4 Punto Turbo. There was, yeah. I think, yep. I think was it was a college GT. I think my brother had one. Well, one of someone I knew had one, and I'm not sure. They were Punto. bloody fast. Yep. And there was no help in those cars. So often they had no ABS and they had no traction control, none of that stuff. So it was just you, a gearbox, a clutch, and an engine. On and a door. wall, and then yeah. you die. Yeah. And then you're on your roof and you're explaining to everybody exactly what happened to your car. It's stuff of legends thing that is. Now, the same company that owned Fiat now also own Opel. So it's going to be a rival to the Corsa. It'll probably sit in the same platform and that oh. kind of vibe. But I'd love to see a lot of the old legendary stuff like Alfa Romeo and Fiat and all those companies who brought out some superb cars over the year. But they've been... They've been pulled apart with money. It's accounts and stuff that can't let them do that again. And now they're buying in the chassis of something else from another company and then sticking the car on top of that. And we're all getting excited and then we realize it's just the same as every other car in the market now. That is definitely a negative of um, one part of, of kind of these big groups taking over. And not only that, but certainly electric cars because the the different variances between models can kind of be diminished like an electric car kind of will all drive the same in a straight line kind of yeah. one will have a bit more power kind of most of them at the moment still don't have the brakes right because it doesn't work out oh do you want regen braking or do you want friction braking and this transition between the two is like that that mustang again last week you go from not braking to passengers going what's wrong with you and what's wrong with your foot nothing yeah. it's just <laughs> it's the car it's like yeah so, i know it's scary, isn't it? And the one-pedal driving thing as well, if we can turn that on and get some some have more regen, which is like one-pedal braking. But then when you actually need the braking, you don't, you don't do it. You lift your foot off the, off the accelerator, everything's slowing down. You go, oh, I know, I better press the brake in the middle as well. So there's, there's those kind of movements as well. Nothing is quite right in them yet. It's like you're learning to drive all over again. We should all give a shout-out this week, Bob, um, because Frank Keane uh, have moved in South Dublin. That's a serious premise. Yes, to have, yeah. So for years and years and years, uh, 
MSL and Grange Motors were in Dean's Grange. And a few years ago, Frank Keane took over the franchise. Uh, or the franchise. Hey. Um, <laughs> so I can only imagine that land is very, very uh, worth a lot of money. Mm. Uh, very, very worth a lot of money. And uh, someone's going to build some lovely uh, apartments or Lidl uh, on the grounds of where... MSL was so uh, Frank Keane uh, South Dublin I presume it's South, it is South Dublin isn't it? they've yeah it will be yeah. re- recall it um, and they are now in Sandyford one um, premise across from the other a big shiny glass premises looks brilliant so you've got commercial showroom on one side of the road and passengers on the other side of the road mm. it's, it's, it's purpose built it's weird to see dealer. It's actually strange to see dealerships being built in the first place. So it's a triumph that it even happened because you know a lot of sales are going to move online of these cars, and dealerships will find themselves a little bit struggling to try and get people like the old days walking in off the street, tire kicking. You know they don't they don't do much of that anymore. Now they come looking and they're going to buy something under there. You know, so it's difficult to get uh, planning permission and stuff to get showroom built in the first place. But it's amazing to see it actually built. Now it is on. Uh, Furs Road, isn't it? Sandy Furs Road, yes. It's uh, the same road as Automotive Team, which is uh, the business where we collect most of our cars from on a Monday. Yeah, you might see us around there on a Monday, zooming by while I get That's a lift with Nobby. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I was thinking, I was like, you can go in now to Frank Keane and kick a few tyres when you're waiting yeah. for the car to be ready and try but their Frank, coffee instead. Frank Keane has quite a collection of cars as well. Like his own. He does, he yeah, does. His he own does. stuff is quite serious. Rumour has it, um, I know a few people who've worked for uh, Mr. They all call him Mr. Keane. You don't call him Frank, by the way, if you ever meet him. It's Mr. Right, Keane. Okay, Mr. Keane. Fair enough. Um, he's quite an elder gentleman now, but he's uh, very, very successful in, in what he did. So he was, as the rumor goes anyway, and it's a pretty good rumor. So as I was often told, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. The F- Frank Keane originally brought in BMW 3 Series to Ireland. And when he brought them in, they were left-hand drive. Mm-hmm. And they pitched them to doctors because one, they knew doctors had a few quid. And two, they said to them, when you're pulling up at house calls, you'll be able to get out of the car quicker because it's a left hand drive. (laughs) I have no idea if that's true. (laughs) That's fantastic. But it's a good story. (laughs) That is the ultimate way of finding a sale, no matter what happens. (laughs) I'm going to get this sale. That's like Salesforce and all these fancy companies. Nothing on you. <laughs> Not a patch on this one. That's a brilliant, that's a brilliant idea. Uh, speaking of, of uh, dealerships at Open Kyle, more cars have a brand new dealership as well. Secondhand only, if you're looking for that one, up on the M50. We're not plugging dealerships, by the way. It's just, they happen to be there as well. Another <laughs> new dealership. So there's new dealerships breaking out. Uh, and the Calmore Cars one is used cars only. So that they're not a main dealer. Uh, but it is an impressive showroom because it's it's as close to ca- zero carbon emissions as is possible within European standards. Uh, wow. and so it's it's an amazing um, achievement for an Irish dealership to, to achieve what they've done up there. So it's definitely worth a shout out that they, they produce no more carbon than they consume and vice versa. Uh, same electricity and they're hooked up there. They've got electric charge points and a whole lot already built in. It's amazing for a used car dealership. It's amazing sight to see. It's like an airport showroom. Although if you do want to get in touch, I, I might set up a little uh, drivingforces at gmail.com email address and people could send us car news and bits yeah, of news. Yeah, do. And- 
because it's only stuff we've spotted as we're driving around. It's just amazing little things that happen in the, like you, you take a, a ordinary consumer probably take it for granted that you know these things just happen. But the work that goes on to build new things or or to create something new goes on for years. Like it could be ten years in the making. You'll see it built in eight months, nine months, but that was ten years of work to get it there. So it's it's been a huge achievement for some of these dealerships to make that happen. So yeah, we will set up a, a, a an email address to get in touch with us if you have news consumer or otherwise if you'd just like to get in touch with the show and tell us how beautiful we really are and how good our voices are <laughs> get in touch with us <laughs> our uh, update uh, driving forces itself at gmail.com has been taken by somebody else swines yeah. I think I, I my choices are driving forces 77 at gmail.com or I think driving forces podcast driving forces podcast sounds good that's there that could uh that could work. And you we'll can take that. We'll give that out to people. Drivingforcespodcast at gmail.com. If you have just want to get in touch with the show, but you want to give us a bit of news so we can read it out for you. Uh, like the other two dealerships who didn't give us any news. We just drive by there the whole time and see them. It's <laughs> just there. Uh, but so if you have any news, get in touch with the show. Drivingforcespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, nobody is registering now. You could tell us our, our delivery is terrible. Yeah, if you, wanted you to. could. You know? You don't like the sound of our voices. And then you need to just find a life for yourself and do something else. Mm, mm. <laughs> now, in the uh, interest of uh, motoring journalism, and I'll tell you where and what cars I was talking about and looking at next week on the podcast, but tomorrow morning, Bob, it's it's a tough job. I have to go to Ashford Castle for two whole days to look at a range of vehicles from Maxis. Wow. I'm going to bring my togs and everything. Oh, that's the best part. That's the part. The only part I go to for these things is when, when I'm asked to go along and I know there's a pool. <laughs> it's the important part, a pool or a bar. They're they're the vital instruction stuff that you have to have. You have to have a little time off as well. Like. So it's uh, near Kong. I've never been to Kong, obviously, in, uh, in Mayo. Quiet Man was filmed down there. It was. The yeah, John Wayne and all that. So there's a little tour you can do down in... My mother's favourite movie was, was The Quiet Man. Uh, and there's a little tour you can do down in Kong that brings you all the... All the play- I'm sure, I don't know if it's opening this time of the year, but it brings you to all the places, all the sites and all the sounds that it was used for the filming of the movie. The Quiet Man. The Quiet and, Man. Um, I think you have to drive, down, drive around Connemara then as well. And they're all EVs. So Connemara and EVs, that'll be fun. That'll well, it's gonna end disaster somewhere. Hopefully, there's a diesel generator with a cable attached to the end of it. They're gonna need it. Actually, I did see that that exact thing at a car launch. I can't say the brand of the car because it was hidden way at the back of this hotel that had no charge generator. points. A diesel generator. They were charging. They could charge four cars at once. Because you know the way, as you just wander off somewhere, right? I just wandered off to see the cars where the cars are being cleaned, and I turned the corner. I could hear the faint hum of a generator in the distance, and the closer I got, the more I realised that this was plugged into <laughs> all of the cars, charging all the cars. Uh, and I asked the lads, "I go, is there no other way of charging?" No, we have to bring the diesel generators. They picked the hotel before they picked whether the cars could be charged. And that's no fast chargers at all. This oh diesel generator did all the work at night time. Right. Well, if I bump into you, uh, please, you know, say hello or whatever, whatever you want. I'm to not do. going to be there. Just so I wasn't invited. Just so you know, I wouldn't mind anyway because I have a, I have a bumblebee is my. Oh thing yes, tell weekend. us about this. So what's going on there now? So for the last couple of years, we've been working with a group that they call us as Bumblebee 1000. So it sounds like a group of supercars zooming across the countryside to raise money for charity. And it, it is a 
horrendous amount of fun. It's a group of friends are nearly like there's four or five of us in a moment, like family, you know, like the people that you really, really trust and go anywhere with. Uh, we've been to Scotland. We've been probably 1000 last year, went all around the country, ended in Galway last year. Uh, this one is going from, from, um, uh, Barberstown Castle on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And it finishes in Donegal that day where we stay for the night. And then we drive down the coast towards Galway. And then it's over. We, there, isn't a, there isn't another night, just one night overnight. Uh, so come along to, to uh, Barberstown Castle on uh, Saturday morning if you can. And uh, check us all out. We'll all be there. There'll be hundreds of cars to look at and hundreds of people to look at going to Lord Press. But we raise money for, for a charity called Little Blue Heroes. And this is the important bit. Little Blue Heroes are sick and terminally ill children. Uh, and the Gardaí give up their time entirely free to bring these kids and get uniforms for them. And they give them garden numbers and they give them hats and they look like little guards. And they go out and they, they control traffic for us. They stop cars and they go around with the blues and twos on their cars and I'll give them a great day out. Uh, and Bumblebee has raised a, somewhere around a quarter of a million quid uh, last year for them. And we bought, at Christmas time, we bought Xbox and Playstations and stuff. And it's it's a wild child. It's a heartbreaking charity. It absolutely yeah. kills me because uh, when they pass away, it, it's announced on the Bumblebee chat. So it's it's absolutely heartbreaking, but it lifts your spirits no end to give those kids just a time in their life in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a McLaren or whatever it is you're driving, they get to sit in those cars and drive like lunatics. Great crack. Yeah, and just to give them a, a smile on their face and, and as you can actually go and follow the page, I think I do follow it and it is, it's, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a nice reason for a photograph or a video to go up. I remember seeing one a few months ago where uh, some little fella had got a Garda Escort on his little Garda bike. Yeah. Probably got, he'd probably gotten Smiths, but you just know they're they're not long for for this earth and it's no. uh it's heartbreaking but look fair play to you and everyone involved because it's um you know it's a lovely thing to do they were hugely so. passionate about it. the group behind is massively passionate there's a lot of politics there's other uh organizations in the country that also host these kind of car meet things going on in the country but it it's it really is just for the kids it's a good crack for the drivers to be out and do their stuff all the money raised to get entry goes either towards paying for the hotel room or goes straight into Bumblebee. No, there's no employees. Nobody gets paid. None of the guards get paid for their time either. So no one involved in this organization is paid uh, to be there. Everybody either volunteers their time or they get their expenses paid if things are going to cost a fortune for them. And that's the only way it happens. So everything else that happens in it is 100% for charity. So if you see a bucket uh, or if you see me out and we have, we have QR codes, we have all kinds of things, I'll take a euro from you. I don't care how small or how big of an of a, of a amount of money you want to give. Uh, you can give it online. You can give it your bank account. You can give it your bank card. You can do whatever it is. And it all goes straight into the charity. And uh, we buy all the presents and give all the kids. As an example of one of the presents we got them, um, we got these, um, you know, when, when kids are in wheelchair bound, a lot of them yeah. have drips and auction yeah. mass and stuff. They, they can't go onto beaches or the sea or anywhere like that. Uh, and so we got a Dutch company to make these flotation ones that could take all of their equipment. Um, and so it's like a it's like a little tractor. You can push it straight onto the beach, but it can't sink. So it can go into the water up to their waist. So for a lot of the kids, the very first time they've ever been in the sea, some of them have never even been on a beach because wheelchairs don't work on beaches. Mm. They just sink. The, the wheels just dig into the ground. So, uh, And because the wheelchairs that a lot of these kids are in are much heavier, they're really heavy or they're electrically powered, you can convert these things to do all of that for them. So we, uh, Bumblebee did that for them. And we got three or four of those for the kids to use wherever they want to use them on the beach and stuff we just funded those um and so that's 
the kind of charity work that I love. That's the kind of stuff because I, I know no one's being paid. I know there's no managing director. There's none of that stuff that we yep. do in the big charities. Nothing wrong with any of that. There's nothing against them. It's just you want to give your money 100% of the charity, then Bumblebee 1000 or Little Blue Heroes directly if you want to. It's a great charity and great organization. Will you be dressing up for it? Not this one is not fast. Some of the lads will. Oh. We'll actually have a SWAT team with us and stuff. There'll be lads with SWAT cars and lights and things on the roof and all that. But this is just a single night. The summer one, which you can all come along to if you want to. There's some spaces left, I believe. It hasn't gone on sale. Some of the repeat business for the summer one has come along. If you can get a car, you can apply for a space. If you're good enough, if you're fast enough to be with the Bumblebee 1000 group, you can be there too. And that is fan- strictly fancy dress. You must dress up for that Bumblebee or you suffer the penalty in the evening <laughs> time. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good cause for a place and, and the less, best look to everybody doing it uh, at the weekend. It'll be good. Right. That brings us to the end of episode two. Thank you again uh, for listening to this podcast, especially if you've come this far on it. Um, what I will say is if you like the podcast, give it a like, give it a share, flick it on WhatsApp to your mates who are into cars and just kind of spread the word. Yeah, do. And subscribe because it is now on Apple Podcasts. It's on uh, Spotify. It's on where it, more or less wherever you get your podcast. You can download it now. So subscribe on those platforms. Leave us a comment and tell us what you think of the podcast maybe you want us to cover something for you if you'd like us to talk about a particular uh, topic uh car related or otherwise or you're just out for a run or out for a cycle and you're just enjoying listening to the thing let us know that you're enjoying it so leave a like share comment send it on to a mate of yours send it on to two mate of yours give and, it a review uh, you give it a review yeah or if you want to sponsor get in touch as well same sort of thing uh, it, if we're looking for sponsors we're obviously looking for sponsors for this podcast as well so we'd be interested in that too if you want to get in touch Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next week. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye.